right on. We too, there is a blessing and there is a harvest. The scripture promises if you don't give up. It doesn't say if you're smart enough, if you're good enough, if you came from the right back. No, it's saying if you're just a person who doesn't give up, if you stick to it, if you stay in it. Some of this series was a little bit inspired by uh, I was rolling late night uh, through my Twitter feed reading um, some controversial political um, sort of write-ups and blogs, and then I was reading that. You never read the comments below anything, right? <laughs> and I got deep into the comments below some of these things, and I'm telling you, I worked myself into a freak out. I was just like, I can't believe people think this way. I can't believe people talk this way to each other. I can't believe that my kids are going to grow up in this kind of world. Are you with me? And I was stressed. I mean, stressed, depressed, all of it, because I was just so overwhelmed by the heaviness of what's going on. And it really just kind of pushed you to want to give up. Just like, you know what? We're never going to win this thing. We're, we're, we're never going to make a difference. I feel like, you know, we're in a sinking ship and we're, we're trying to get water out of here with a thimble. <laughs> is that a thing? Right? That's a thing. And it's just like, this is, you know, I, I, this, I don't know what we're going to, and thank God for the Holy Spirit, right? You can, you know, so you're, you're feeling that way and you're feeling defeated and discouraged and say, oh, thank God, where's my power at? Where's that Holy Spirit? We need to build myself back up, right? That's where David said, I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. I don't have to go call nobody, right? You say, oh, phew, thank God we have a God that we can go right to and build ourselves back up in this. You start reading scriptures like this that say, hey, if you just, just don't give up on it. You know, scripture, I wish it would say a few more things like don't read the comments on Twitter. <laughs> And also don't give up. But we're in this series where it's like, man, it's heavy and it's crazy and stuff's happening to people and God's people. And I wish we could all live in this perfect bubble and, and nothing would happen to anybody. But the truth is, like, we're in a war and it's called spiritual warfare. And there's just a lot that we're up against. So we're going to commit ourselves to the next several weeks. Next week is Father's Day. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I did say to all the dads, uh, if you're sensitive, if you're uh, thin-skinned, I'm giving you permission to not be here next week because I got a sermon that's just going to be for the men. Uh, now, women, you'll get a lot out of it, but I'm telling you guys, if, if, if you can't handle uh, a good, truthful talk, if we can't be men together and have a real talk about some things, then go to Anna's house next week and just get some breakfast and enjoy yourself. We'll see you the next week, but I'm telling you, next week we're going after it. Everybody say amen. amen. And so we're talking about not giving up and, and, and all that stuff. And so this week, I want to talk to you specifically about don't give up because it's taking too long. I don't want you to be the people who give up because it's just taking too long. There's so many people that I see, they miss what God has for them. They miss the promise. They miss the harvest we were talking about simply because they just got tired of waiting. Any of you ever relate to that? They just got in the process of, of, man, this is not as fast as, you know, we always wish that God would speak it and then all we got to do is show up and it would blow up and then we have our victory, right? I wish it was that easy. But that's why the scripture talks about there's a seed time and a harvest and there's this process to it all, which we're going to talk about today. But I see so many people miss what God has for them, not because they were taken out by somebody else or something didn't work or they were unqualified. They were just people who walked away before it harvested. They just gave up because they were impatient. They didn't like the process that God was doing in their life. Are, are you with me? So today we're going to talk specifically about how God does things in process and he does it in order. And that's a good thing. Amen. 
So there's a story going back to the Old Testament. We, uh, we, t- we did some Old Testament last week as well. But there's a story in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 21, uh, and it's a story of a battle, and God's people are about to, to, to face a battle. The scripture says that they're in a place where there's a fortified land. The scripture says that the, there's seven nations larger and stronger than them. So we're picking up this story as they're about to take on these people. And of course, anything you read in the Old Testament, any symbol, any story, uh, it relates to our life. It completely matters to you. So don't say, oh, it's just some old story. No, it's, a, it's an example. It's a thing that we can copy and follow. Are you with me? And so seven nations larger and stronger than them. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 21, it says this, Do not be terrified by them, for the Lord your God who is among you is great and awesome. What's this scripture saying? The scripture saying there's another in the fire, right? You got another one standing with you. So don't be afraid. Don't freak out in this process. Don't give up. Don't quit. Why? Because you got a God who is with you and he's great and awesome. That's one thing you need to know right now. If we could even just start to put a point on all of this stuff. The one thing you need to know from the beginning is the teammate that you're running with in this process is a pretty big deal. Are you with me? And then it says this. It says in verse 22, the Lord, your God, will drive out those nations before you. Scripture says little by little. He's going to drive it out little by little. And then it says this, you will not be allowed to defeat them all at once. Wait a minute, God, we want you to speak to us. And then we just want to show up and blow up and have our victory. And the scripture is saying, no, 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 this is how this one's going to work. Little by little, you're not going to just show up and blow up and defeat them all at once. So many times as Christians, we do this though. God, I want you to move. God, I want you to do this. Thing. And it doesn't happen right away. And you go, I quit. Didn't happen right away, Lord. Is this not for any of you or is this all second service stuff? <laughs> I'm out. God's not moving. He's not doing it. And he's saying, listen. I'm the Lord, your God, and I'm awesome, and I'm going to defeat him, and I'm going to handle this thing in your life, but sometimes I'm going to do it little by little, and we're not going to blow up and show up. It's going to be a process. Are you with me? So it says you're not going to defeat them all at once. It says, or the wild animals will multiply around you, but the Lord, your God, will deliver them over you, throwing them into great confusion until they are destroyed, talking about the people they're battling. He will give their kings into your hand. He will wipe out their names from under heaven. No one will be able to stand up against you. You will destroy them. It's going to happen. The victory is secured. There is no question about the fact that you're going to be victorious. Are you tracking with me? If you read throughout the scripture, it's saying, look, the, the, the victory is not up for debate. In the scripture, that part of it is secure. The victory is going to happen. The Lord is with you. That is secure. But the process is something that's unto the Lord. It's up to the Lord. Look at all the things that they describe about the victory. You will drive out those before you. He will deliver them over to you. They will be confused until destroyed. It says that he'll put the kings in your hand. He'll wipe out their names under heaven. Nobody will stand against you. The promises of God for victory in your life are sure and true. But so many times we look at the process and we say, oh, the victory in my life must not be sure and true because I don't like how the process is going. And we want to give up and we want to quit and we want to walk away. If you settled in your heart that the victory is secure and that God is with you, you wouldn't worry so much about the process. Are we talking the truth this morning? 
Psalm 84.11, that's why it says, No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. One translation says, Who walk in righteousness. Nothing will be kept from you if you're a follower of God. There's no reason for you to quit and walk away because if you're walking with God, no good thing will be withheld from you. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? You just keep walking with the Lord. You just keep walking with the Lord because no good thing will be held from you. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God have prepared for those who love him, saying you have no idea how good God is going to be to you. You, have, you, like you can't even begin to put it all together how much God is for you and believes in you and wants you to walk and reap in that harvest. You have no clue. But we got to get settled on the fact that he's for us when we walk with him. Are you with me? So God is for us and the victory is settled. But the process is something that isn't up to us. The scripture said it was little by little until there was the opportunity to defeat. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. It doesn't say through your faith and through your power, you inherit God's promises. Through your faith and through your shouting, you inherit the promise. And all those things are good. But it says it's through our faith and through our favorite word in America, patience. Through patience. I'm here to bring you some bad news this morning because it's bad news for me. Do you know what the number one used word with faith is in Scripture? When the word faith is used in Scripture, the number one word used combined with that is patience. Every time God is doing a work and you're using your faith, you're also required to walk in a level of patience, aren't you? Again, I wish it was faith and power. I wish it was faith and shouting. I wish it was faith and all these other things. But many times when you're walking to the harvest God has for you, when you're walking to all that he has, it's a process of faith and patience. Faith and patience. Amen. I thought about it like this. I've never met in my life, in my natural life, I've never met a mega million winner. I wish I did. So if you know any. But I've never met the guy who just showed up and blew up and just came into money and met it because it's very rare, right? The people that I know who have success in my life weren't because they picked a lotto ticket, weren't because they were digging in their land and they found gold, right? Most people that I know have gotten to incredible places and successes in their life. They have an incredible story about process, don't they? They've grinded, they've worked, they've not quit, they've not looked back, they've stayed. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. I wish scripture was full of pray a prayer and then you win the mega millions and then you're on your way with God. But most of the time, that's not the story, is it? Most of the time, it's you have an experience, you have an encounter with God, and then the enemy comes at you and you go on a faith and patience journey, don't we? And God is saying, listen, don't quit on this because there is a harvest there, but don't be a person who quits when it's not working out the way that you want it to work. Amen? That's why the scripture says this. You've got to be a people who put your hand to the plow and don't look back. So we're talking about harvesting. We're talking about getting your harvest. And so the scripture is giving you an example of a, a plowman, of somebody who, who grabs on the thing and is tilling the land, right? You're turning it over. You're preparing it for its harvest. You're preparing it for all that God has for it. Are you with me? And I thought about that scripture. We always preach that, like, put your hand to the plow and don't look back, meaning like, I want to go do something else. 
But God gave me another idea about it this week. I wonder if it possibly means that you put your hand to the plow and you start plowing and you start believing and you start, you know, going, God is for me and he's going to do this and this and you're plowing. And then when you look back, it's because you're looking back to see if it's already, is my harvest there? Plow, is my harvest there yet? Is my harvest there yet? Maybe that's what the scripture is saying. If you're living in such a way that God's called you to it, he's signed you to it, and you're so impatient about the plowing and the process that every time you push, you look, is it here yet? Is it here yet? Has God done it yet? Why isn't God doing it yet? Are you, it's a process. It's a grind. I, I, I wish it was, again, just super easy and everything instant. I'm telling you, in this culture, it's hard for us to stay patience. I had to, uh, my dogs dug up a side of our deck so we got two dogs for sale. If anyone's interested in a golden retriever, yellow lab, you can just have them. As a matter of fact, I'll just put them out on the side of the street this week. So if you want them, some of you are like, he feels a little serious. Yeah. Well, we'll make a good deal. But anyway, so they dug up this yard. They dug up my yard. And those of you that know me, I'm a yard guy. And, uh, and so that's, that's pretty frustrating. And Jess doesn't take it very serious. She's just like, whatever, your yard, you know, it's got a big, huge hole in it. And... Uh, <laughs> But I'm like, Jess, you don't understand. It would be like if you came and vacuumed the rug in the living room, and then I just came upstairs and folded half of it under and expected you to leave it that way. You know, like it, it pains me to see a hole in my yard. And so anyway, I go up to the store. I go up to the, the store, and we, and we get dirt. Of course, you know, you got to get the right kind of dirt because we have clays. You can't go get whatever. So you get the right kind of dirt. You get the right kind of seed. You need this whole process. But you know the process I'm in now? i got to go water it three times a day. Just water it, water it. And in America, I'm just literally, every time I water it, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like going on Google, there's got to be a faster way to grow grass seed. I'm going to invent this, and it's going to be amazing. Because we don't do patience in America. Who's with me? We just don't. That's ridiculous. I mean, the best thing we can do, the best, I mean, probably the most prophetic statement ever said in the world is, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I mean, of all of the things that were ever said, you got to put that at the top. And so this process, we're that people. We push the plow and we're looking, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Instead of understanding that God wants to do something in this pushing, in this tilling. Are you with me? There's something to, to, to learn and to grow and to understand in the process. That's why the scripture says, faithful in little be faithful in the little things. God then brings you the more, gives you the more, opens up the more for you. Why? Because there's something in the little. There's something for us to know that in the process of little, there's a lot for us to learn and grow. James 1, 2. Uh, and the NIV says this. Many of you have heard this scripture before. It says, consider it pure joy, pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh my gosh, another P word we don't like. Patience and perseverance. Okay. Let perseverance finish its work. Oh, finish its work. Because you're called to not quit. So perseverance, it has to get to the finishing process so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. What does not lacking anything mean? It means you got the harvest. You got what you needed. You got not lacking. You got the thing that you were believing for. You got the promise. And so how does it do it? How do you get there? It's through the process of patience and perseverance that it produces the thing in your life that you're believing for. Are you with me? 
the Passion Translation uh, makes it even more uh, sort of real. The Passion Translation, verse 2, says it this way. It says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, what you should do is hide out and skip church and not talk to your brother and sister and ignore the scripture and never worship to pull yourself out of it. That's what it says, right? No, it says, when you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable. So I looked up the word invaluable. It means crucial, critical, key, vital, irreplaceable, extremely useful, extremely helpful, all important, vitally important, of the utmost importance, opportunity to experience the greatest joy. When you are facing trials, when you are facing this process of perseverance and patience and all of this, the scripture is saying, hey, this is a huge blessing for you. And I'm not that guy who gets up here and says, your suffering is a blessing, right? I'm not doing that. But I'm saying there's something in there for you to harvest. There's meat on the bones of this patience and perseverance. Are you with me today? And so it's saying, look, it says, whenever you're facing nothing but difficulties, See it as a crucial, critical, key, vital, of all importance, opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up the power within you to endure all things. Come on, somebody. That's what it does. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is, here we go again, nothing missing, nothing lacking, meaning you have the harvest because you didn't give up. That's what this does. Don't give up because God's doing a thing here. Are you with me? Perseverance and the process of it produces the best. Uh, I've told you this. I have a four-year-old son, Charlie. And yesterday I was making bacon for breakfast and he's not the most patient person, especially in the morning, especially when it comes to his food. And so I'm getting out the bacon, you know, bacon in it's packaged before it's cooked. It's all slobbery and slimy and floppy, right? It's nasty. And so the griddle's going or whatever. And he's like, dad, dad, I want breakfast. Oh, dad, I'll just eat it. I just, and so I'm like, Charlie, fine, dude. If you're so impatient, like your mom, if you're so impatient, <laughs> He, yeah, that's okay. I'm used to it. And so if you're so impatient, I literally did this. I was like, fine, fine, dude. If this is taking too long, have a piece of bacon. Here, have it. Just, just have it. Go ahead. And I, yeah, he didn't have it, obviously. The dog ate it. And then I had to go kick the dog. And so I got two dogs. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, buddy, here, here's what you need to learn, bud. It's better after the process. Do you understand what I'm trying to say this morning? There's so many things we go to God and we're like, God, now, God, I need it now. I'm going to quit, God. Now, if you don't give it to me now, and God's like, just a minute. If you let it have its time, if you let it do its thing, then the flavor comes into your life. Then the, are you tracking with me? All the things. It's like, it's like this perseverance in this process of patience with God. It's almost like marinating. It's almost like, hey, God wants to do this thing in your life, but when you get there, he wants you to make sure when you get there, you're complete and perfect and have nothing lacking. What is he saying? He's saying, I want all of the flavors to be in your life. 
I want you to have the fullness of all. So why don't you just sit in this process for a minute and absorb and come into, are you, are you with me today? And so he's saying, look, this is not a bad thing. This is actually a better thing. If in this season, it, it, you just wait on God and trust God to, to bring out all that you need him to bring out in you. Amen. Most stories in scripture aren't instantaneous. Why? Because there was this process of learning and journeying. You look at the walls of Jericho. I mean, how ridiculous is it? It's like, wait a second. We're going to march around the thing, which by the way, those of you that question scripture, did you know that they just excavated a while ago the walls of Jericho? And they were so puzzled because most of the times when a city was overtaken, the way that the walls collapsed in from the army on the outside, do you know that they found something really curious about the walls of Jericho when they excavated it? They said, what is going on with these walls? This isn't how they would normally fall. In a world. Why? Because the Lord did it. Are you with me? So you keep questioning scripture. We'll just keep letting God reveal its truth. Amen. So wait a second. Wait a second. God, you promised us that we would have the victory. You promised it. And God said, little by little, day by day, you're going to go. Are you with me? Because God just does that. Why? Because there's this marinating in this process. There's this thing that brings you out your best flavors. I thought about Joseph. God says, hey, you who have this dream, you're this dreamer. You got this great call on your life. And so he gets the word spoken to him. He gets the promise placed in his life. And then little by little, all kinds of hell breaks out against him, doesn't it? And he's got to go to here and he's got to go to there. And little by little, there's all of these things. 22 years later, he finally walks in what he's called to walk in. But in that process, it perfectly equipped him to be the person he needed to be when the time came. And again, I'm not saying God wants to put you in suffering and God wants to put you in all this stuff. But God wants to bring out your best flavors and he does it in processes of patience and perseverance. So don't quit. Don't walk away. You'll miss your harvest. That's why Psalm 105, 19 says this about Joseph. It said, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. What was he doing? He was, he was checking on how's he doing? How's he doing? How's it coming along? 22 years later, uh, our kids have a go-kart at the dirt bike track. And so, you know, like a good parent, we dangerously put our six-year-old and our four-year-old into this piece of metal that has a huge motor strapped to the back and we say you know go rip through the woods but we do one smart thing besides buckle them in is uh is on their pedal is what's called a governor and so you know a pedal pushes down right and on the back side of the pedal the accelerator there's a knob and if you turn that knob out the pedal can barely go far at all so that they can't get a ton of speed so caroline's rode this car a couple weeks in a row now and uh and so i go uh, we're filming a video actually for Father's Day next week. You're going to love it. And uh, so we're doing all this stuff. And, and so I say, hey, we're going to send you out there. You go. And her brother's with her. You guys go rip through it. But whatever you do, they're on our dirt bike track. I was like, the two things you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to hit the jumps. And you're not allowed to ride on the berms, which a berm is in a turn. You build a wall. And on a dirt bike, you like rail the wall. And you keep your speed. And you do that thing. And so I said, so you can't, can't do the jumps. You can't do the berm. Well, I mean, you know, three turns later, guess who's doing the berm? <laughs> she's all over that berm. So she's all frustrated with me. And so I stop her. I say, honey, you can't do the berm. You can't, this thing could tip over. And I show her how it could tip over. Dad, you're not letting me do anything fun. I can't do the jumps. I can't do the berm. And you put a governor on the pedal. You know, you put the thing on the, I can't do anything. And it's, here's the deal. Here's the truth. I want nothing more for my children 
than for them to not have the governor on. I can't wait for the day where it's like, you guys go 100% because you're crushing it, right? I can't wait to take that governor out. But guess what? Now is not the time. I can't wait for them to hit the jumps and do the berms and do all that kind of stuff. But I can tell you right now, as their father, I know that they need a little bit of govern right now because they're working on it. Sometimes in our life, in the process of patience and perseverance, God's saying, like, I want nothing more for you to walk in that victory. I want nothing more for you than go all the way and have full speed. But right now, you're in a process of a little bit of perseverance, a little bit of, are you with me? God's not holding you down and suppressing you and keeping good things from you. He's developing our character so that when we get there, we lack nothing. We have the whole harvest. Are you with me? But the problem is we have childish thinking in the kingdom of God. It's like my daughter says, I can handle it, dad. I can handle it. Honey, you've drove this for two hours. <laughs> if you hit that jump, this thing would roll five times. <laughs> like you don't get it yet. And the childish thinking says, no, I can do it all. Give it all to me now. And we do that with God right now. God, give it to me all now. I want all of my, and he said, no, 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 that, that, that's childish thinking. Let's grow up a little bit. That's why we go to prayer classes. That's why we go to women's conferences. That's why we go to all of our group stuff. Why? Because God is growing in us. We're getting out of that childish thinking. Amen. I'll close with this. I have pastor friends who call me frustrated that planted churches, and I really want you to catch this. So don't, don't hear what I'm saying and then begin to think about other people. Just, just kind of hear the underlying tone here. But I'll have pastor friends that call me who planted churches, and they're three years in, five years in, seven years in, and they'll say foolish things like, oh, I'm just so discouraged because we're seven years in and we're not a 1,000 people. Or we're three years in and we're not 300 people yet. And, we're, well, and, and I say, but... God's doing his own thing with you. He, it's your own journey. He's doing, yeah, but I just look at Stephen Furtick and at five years, he was this and that. Listen, you have, and I just tell him, I say, listen, you have no idea God's assignment for that territory. He may have rose these mega churches and these Stephen Furtick's and some of these other fast growing churches. He may have raised them up because something else was gonna come into that area that may have led people down the wrong road. So God had to do a suddenly work there, a quick work there, an accelerated work there, because God was trying to steer people here in that territory. The other thing that you don't know is we don't know the grandmas and the grannies and the moms. You don't understand the, the prayer seed that may have been put into that man's life by generations before him. You don't understand the harvest that he have supernaturally may have just already been walking into and, and, and God did a suddenly work. You say, well, well, I'm doing the process like they are and I'm, and I'm doing the thing and they tell me all these church models that they're trying to do like Stephen Furtick does. Uh, and that's all fine. Models are important. We do all that kind of stuff too. But I'm just saying you have no clue the way that God is leading the battle. And if he chooses to go little by little and it takes it, then that's God's journey for you because he's producing something that the scripture promises is not going to be lacking. It's going to be perfect and complete. Are you with me? But we get so caught up in looking at somebody else. Oh my gosh, look how far along they are. Look how far along they are. Look how far, I, I need to be that quick. God, why aren't you moving in my, he's moving in your life. It's just not like for that person. It's kind of a silly analogy, but we get caught in this same thing. God says, put two of every animal on the ark. So that means there came a day where there was an ark and animals were running towards this ark. 
So imagine being the snail. Little by little, you're just getting after the ark. That's my promise. God called me. That's my thing. And you're just doing your snail thing. And then here comes the gazelle. All cute and bouncing and running. And the Instagram looks good on the way, right? That snail's like sweating and slimy. And the gazelle's just going to the promise. And that happens to us, right? We're grinding and we're just going and we're giving away. And then here comes somebody else into our life, just hopping over to the ark. And then you know what always happens? About the time you finally get over the gazelle. You know what? I'm not going to look at that anymore. I'm healed. I'm not going to be in the comparison trap. I'm, I'm not. It doesn't matter. God's got me on a journey. By the time you get over the gazelle, here comes the cheetah. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, look at that. Got to wear leopard print on the way to the. <laughs> and I'm just snailing it over here. But can I tell you something? At the end of the day, they both had nothing missing, nothing lacking, everything perfect. They both received the same promise. There's going to come a day when we get to heaven. Are you with me? And we all get to enter in what God prepared for us. If it's little by little, if God decides to do an accelerated work, none of it matters. God's only calling you to be a person who doesn't quit. Don't give up because I have a harvest for you. Are you with me? So we don't quit. It's not about accomplishment. In John chapter 10, verse 20, uh, Jesus tells the disciples, he's like, look, you have the power, you have the authority to drive out spirits. It's like saying, you have the opportunity to do these awesome things. Like you've been equipped to do these great works. So he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Don't go get so excited about what you do and what you can do. What we should be excited and settled about is whose we are and where we'll be. Does that make sense? Oh, I need this breakthrough. I need this thing. And we get all caught up in this. How about we just be in love with heaven and our Savior and who he is in our life? Amen.